Welcome to RegTech Impact, Niels. Um, can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, hey, hey, I can. Uh, it's very nice to be here. Um, hey, everyone, I'm Niels. Um, I'm the head of GovStart at Public, which is a venture company that is focusing on everything that's related to government technology. And I'm leading our accelerator program um, here in Germany at the for the German-speaking market and also supporting my colleagues on all projects and ventures that are somehow related to the German GovTech ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, may I ask you, how would you explain your job to your grandma or grandpa? So my job is basically connecting uh, smart uh, talent and founders and uh, startups to the public sector. So I help founders to better understand how um, authorities work, how politics work, and help them to develop great products and great technologies so that your everyday experience um, when interacting with the public sector um, becomes better and uh, it becomes more easier to navigate um, authorities and politics. Perfect, got it. Um, we're talking today about GovTech and also about RegTech. Let me start by the question, when did you first hear the word RegTech? So for me, RegTech appeared in the context of my old job. So I worked at an innovation lab in the state of Northern Westphalia and set this up. And uh, in that time, we started to think about, okay, how can we... A bit because uh, uh, the the lab was based in a regional government and a regional government in Germany is always about, okay, how can we implement certain policies that are decided on at state level into everyday life? How do we execute on new laws? How do we bring that um, regulation um, to uh, companies or the citizen? And around that time, I first heard about the, the, um, the rec tech uh, movement and everything that is related to it. Um, and also at that time, GovTech became more, um, more a thing in our thinking because I think both have a certain overlap, uh, at least in my, in my thinking. So uh, that was the first time I heard about it. Um, although if you look at other um, countries like the UK or the US and especially I think in Asia, um, they started to think about regulatory tech and, and GovTech way earlier than, than in Central Europe. Can you give me a date? I mean, which date did you? Probably two years ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. So 2000, two years ago. Yeah. 2019. Yeah, so, something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. But how would you define RegTech and GovTech? I mean, Yeah, it's it's like with all those, you know, tech buckets, you have fintech and injurtech and all this kind of jazz. And I think for especially looking at the public sector, I would say both of both regtech and, and govtech have a have a huge overlap because they are somehow um, interfering with the public sector and how policy is made and, and executed. So uh, I would say both have have this overlap. And I think with regtech the focus is really like how can you bring the political decisions and the law that is made in the parliament um, into everyday life and how do you execute on it? So for the past, this was basically, you know, set up an authority, have 
uh, humans and and uh, civil servants um, making sure that everything is uh, applied and um, more more we see rather than implementing manual work we see tech that is implemented to to make sure that um, companies stay compliant um, civil servants are act the right way and act in a way that this is good for society and I think that's where rec tech comes into play so I would say rec tech is a part of gov tech because when we think of gov tech at public um, we always um, look at this as a um, as a vertical that is that is made from who is actually using the technology so um, in terms of gov tech this is like a vertical that is used by the public sector and that can extend reg tech right so for example certain communication technologies are also for us gov tech you know when you look at intelligence services or the army or the police uh, with a different need for communication technology that can also be in the sphere of gov tech what's reg reg tech for me is a bit more narrow and really down to how can we actually operate on top of policies and, and laws Oh, interesting. I mean, a very interesting topic or the definition. But let me think about what is your view on the fast-changing technology landscape in today's world. Do you have an opinion? Hmm. It's a. I mean, like that's a broad field, right? And you can look at this from so many angles. Um, so, I'm originally a finance guy, so I have a background in in, in investment and finance, and for me. Today it's quite uh, quite hot. So if you look at financial markets and where investment is flowing in, it's definitely technology. Like technology companies have a valuation that is way higher than other areas. So it, it, still, this this software and, and tech area is the way to go. And I think you can look at the capital that's flowing into this. And say, okay, that's that's where people think the future lies, right? So I think that hasn't changed. I think the phrase software is eating the world is still true. Um, and I think what we see now and from my everyday work that uh, the public sector is more and more important, actually, and more and more technology companies look into, okay, how uh, we have now changed the life of, of the B2C market, we have changed the way B2B is working. And I think we see increasingly companies thinking of, okay, what's the next next step here? And that's B2G, so business to government and how we um, can change that. So that's becoming more and more important. Mm -hmm. And I can sense that from yeah my everyday work, definitely. Mm -hmm. How do you think can technology help also in the public sector? I mean, do we have an example? Well... As I said, like the 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 field is very broad, and there are many many areas where where technology can help. And I think one example is uh, tackling climate change, for example. So giving the the public sector good data on um, environmental um, procedures and environmental data, um, it can help in the way authorities are interacting with citizens yeah you can today you in germany at least you can open a bank account in five minutes via your phone and um and video ident mm -hmm. i think um 
fastening those procedures in the public sector. So, you know, applying for certain services and stuff like that. I think that's becoming more and more important. And um, yeah, and I mean, at the end, it can also help um, the public sector to make better decisions, right? So in the, in the business in the business world, we've seen the rise of business intelligence and companies relying more and more on data and making better decisions based on based on data. And I think in the public sector, we just seen the start actually, and and authorities and politicians are getting more and more used to using data um, as a base for you know evidence based decisions. I mean, um, to sum it up a little bit, what do you think are the three major upcoming trends in GovTech? Do we have an opinion? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, that's that's also part of my work. So we look at the landscape and, and look at what areas are actually interesting and where where we think the public sector is actually ready to to adopt certain technologies. And I think the The, the big overarching trend is um, is data and use of data. It's still it's it's still a thing. It's uh, been around for years and years, but um, with some changes in Germany, for example, when it comes to central databases and registers, um, and also with uh, companies like Politeia, for example, um, coming up, we see more and more. Um, authorities making use of the data and looking into this, making better decisions. And that's also the base for better, better procedures. Um, what I also sense is uh, the, the need for communication and collaboration technology. So we see a public sector that is lacking behind when it comes to, you know, technologies we all know, Slack, Microsoft Teams, uh, Messengers, working mobile stuff like that and i think the um the public sector is more and more adapting those technologies and also articulating okay we need maybe a a different um, set of tools here or those communication technologies need to have a certain level of uh, security and um, that we need so there's also a big big trend there and um the last Big trend for me is definitely, definitely AI. So, but let me narrow this down because AI is often named as a huge trend, right? Probably some of your interview partners said that as well. <laughs> um, but I think like this a very narrow kind of AI that is transparent and where we know what it's doing um, I think this kind of um, artificial intelligence solutions will become um, more and more important to the public sector. So let me let me tell you an example. Um, I work with a company, it's called Violetics, and they use AI to um, find damages and potholes in streets, right? And on the street surface and to um, help government better plan for um, their infrastructure and uh, maintenance. And I think this is like one example where the use case is very narrow and it's very good to um, have an AI technology that is good at this specific use case. And I think we will see more of those um, 
specialist AI services in the public sector, and they will become more and more important. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I mean, we talk about um, what and how, but just think about SI, a reg tech or gov tech company. Should I contact a public authority directly or who's my contact person? Also just imagine I'm a reg tech startup or gov tech startup. Um, where I start? Oh, that's an interesting question because I think it's different for a reg tech company as for other gov tech companies. So uh, let's, let's start with a broader scope. So I think as a gov tech company, for sure, you should talk to the public sector in general. I mean, they are your... Like, even if they are not your direct users and you develop a product that is more tailored towards citizens or, or whatever, um, at least the public sector is a very important stakeholder for you. So you should definitely talk to them. And from what I've sensed in the past, they are totally open for it, right? So they want to talk about innovation and what they can do and what new companies can bring to the table. And they are sometimes uh, not very satisfied with their cure and technology situation so i think there is a is a huge openness to talk about tech and i think that's for for gov tech founders in general i would always recommend talk to people from the public sector talk to politicians talk to high level civil servants to get a sense for their needs their problems and what they are about because i think that's um, one big area where many especially technology founders with a technology background really lack expertise in what they should do more. And I mean, like at the end, this is why we exist and my job exists to help them understand that. So definitely recommend it. Um, a good starting point for this is um, talk to chief digital officers. So we see more and more authorities implementing chief digital officers um, municipalities do that it's always a good starting point because they sit horizontally on the uh, org chart and are often entitled to to be the point of contact for the private sector as well so that's my overall um, recommendation maybe innovation units if they have one that's always a good good uh, way to go and and talk um, to authorities so that's the broader scope. I, I think for 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 rec tech, it's it's really interesting because at the end you are very close to the the guys and departments that are deciding on policy in ministries and on very close to politics and how parties, for example, think about politics. So um, I would say rec tech founders probably should be more um, active on the policy level of, of the public sector. So, you know, speak to the people in the ministries that um, uh, handle new new um, drafts for, for certain policies, talk to the different parties, what they think of certain policies and the areas you are active in. And I think that's a good point to, you know, get a sense for what what they're up to, what is coming next, and um, how how policies are are written, and um, I think that way it makes it easier for you to understand how technology can help those policies become come to life. Right, so that would be one recommendation. I would also say that um, you should be well aware which authority 
is at the end entitled to execute the regulation because there's a high chance this this authority will become your customer or your partner. So um, that would be also something I, I would look into. I would say probably RegTech founders and RegTech companies need way more policy experience and better understand even another higher level of, of public sector understanding than than other GovTech founders who are, for example, more in the engineering field or whatever. So um, yeah, that would be my recommendations there. How does the sale work in the public authority? Can you give me some insights? Um, yes. So um, there is this... Is there, is, sorry, is there a sale work in the public authority, by the way? I mean, yes, for sure. Like mm -hmm. when you look at Germany, for example, it's a highly federalized country with mm -hmm. all the municipalities um, in charge for a vast variety of their own technologies, um, the states operating um, differently on different topics. So you have, let's take Germany, for example, you have around 11,000 customers on municipal level. You have 16 states, you have the federal level itself. Um, and some some interesting organizations in between, like government-owned IT service providers, for example, that funnel technology into into municipalities and, and the states. So I would say definitely yes. Um, distribution and sales is a big part of this um, because I mean I think your question comes from the from the side that the public sector is tendering. And, and just putting out certain tenders for people to bid on. So you could assume, okay, well, I don't need salespeople because I, at the end, just apply for a tender and I get the contract, right? Uh, but, but that's not true. Like, um, at the end, you need to educate the market, show what is out there, what technologies, products, services uh, are available so that authorities can build up tenders that are um, designed in a way that, They are applicable for your for your products and services. So you definitely need um, need uh, salespeople or distribution channel where you um, speak to the market. <laughs> It's not that much about like a direct sales. For me, public sector sales is more about educating the market and showing possibilities and, and options so that they can um, think of what to put out in tenders actually and what technology to use. Not really interesting. But uh, example, how can a rec tech participate in the public tender? Um, or the question is where I can find the tenders or secondly, what should I look for? I mean, mm. it's, it's difficult for startups, even to rec techs or gov techs. Where should I look for? So yes, it's, it's uh, no doubt like procurement tenders, Bidding is the, I would say, the biggest area we work with startups together because you need a certain level of expertise to to get uh, get into this. And if I would start, I would um, I would recommend to um, to actually go out first and talk to the city I'm based in, talk to the state government I'm based in take this as the starting point. And after that, there are certain 
services you could pay for. So there are companies uh, scouting tenders for you and helping you to to find those. If you want to uh, invest in those capabilities, you can also find uh, in Germany different um, platforms from all states um, to look into for interesting contracts uh, on the EU level as well. And um, yeah, if I would like point at the most developed market for this i think it's the uk the uk has a very good tender platform and process for buying technology there it's very easy and um, uh, if you start looking into this i would always ask myself like what is the service or product i'm offering what is it actually like and and use the you can find it on the website for the european union maybe we could put it in the show notes later. Um, there's a nice list of like the official um, procurement service descriptions and you can find the bucket you are fitting in. And mm-hmm. I think that's a great starting point because um, you can start actually um, filtering through tenders um, more efficiently. Oh, great. Um let me think about more about professional skills. Which professional skills will become increasingly important for GovTechs in the future? Mm, that's an interesting question. So for GovTech especially, I think there's a two-level two problem. So first level, it's the same problem every tech startup is facing right now. Good developers, good technology uh, talent, it's a war of talent out there, right? You're competing with the best uh, uh, corporates. You're competing with the best startups. You're even competing with um, other countries like the US or the UK where you have better um, a better environment for startups to actually attract talent, I would definitely say. So um, yeah, you have those problems. And on top of that, uh, which I think is also quite challenging, um, you need people that understand government, understand the public sector on the one hand, but can also adapt this to new technologies, new styles of work, a different way of solving problems creatively. So I would say most companies I work with, they are uh, the biggest challenges to, to find those kind of people that can actually deliver a project, can manage a distribution strategy and stuff like that. Um, this is very challenging because the public sector, especially Germany, is not very um, very open to you know let talent out or in. So often those experts are there, but they are stuck in in government. And um, yeah, that's that's a that's a huge huge challenge, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me think about what do you think the public sector do better in RegTech or GovTech tasks than five years ago? Also an interesting question, what, do you, what they do better now. Um, I think, so at least, in, I mean, look at the corona crisis and the uh, things that that are happening in the past year, I think this was the first time we saw an active political debate and and an active debate in the authorities of, okay, how can we use technology to 
to fight this pandemic, right? It was a huge step. Like if you remember the discussions about the app, for example, um, if you remember the discussions about, okay, how do I get my appointment for a vaccination and stuff like that, I think this this has shown government is aware of that. And I think that's a huge change when you look um, back five years ago, where you often find uh, new policies being being passing parliament and see, oh, well, and you need to apply by paper for this and sign this uh, by hand, uh, by the way. So I think there was a huge leap and it was um, mainly driven by the pandemic, but also driven by um, by some you know, policy thoughts around the Online Access Act in Germany, for example. If I look into other more developed markets outside Germany, so let's take the UK, for example, here as well. I think they are thinking more and more about how can we um, have procedures in place that actually work without human beings um, involved, right? And how to design them fair, transparent, and in a way that this really works. Uh, it's a bit like uh, the Estonian model, for example, where you can you know, just get an automatic... Um, reply from the tax authority that oh by the way that's that's the um, uh, tax refund we are going to pay you are you okay with that right so it's a totally different way of thinking and I think um, there are countries that are way ahead um, like uh, Estonia like some Asian countries as well uh, some that sit in between like the UK or the US and um, I think Central Europe and Germany especially has made a huge step forward to um, yeah, getting back on track and being, being in this uh, more advanced group um, because of the pressure of the pandemic. Yeah, that is a positive side of the pandemic. We can sum it up, I think. That is, but uh, to be able to transform the RegTech or GovTech function into the digital age, All parties of the global ecosystem, I mean public and private, should work together. Who globally can, is, are taking the lead in this? What is your opinion? That's an interesting question. And I would love to point at two parties that I found particularly important. So first, of course, the public sector itself. So um, I think when you look globally, those governments that are actually using technology. So not just putting out capital and making nice public investment schemes and uh, building up, um, you know, ecosystem um, uh, departments in their ministry of the economy. I think this is all fine and good, but at the end, what is really making a difference is a government that is using technology to solve problems and to to um, implement those technologies into their services. And I think Asian countries are very much advanced here, um, like Japan, for example, Indonesia, um, Singapore, definitely. So they are good examples to look at. And I think that's like looking at this globally, if governments turn more and more towards We are not funding technology, uh, or we are not, you know, supporting with whatever um, um, assets, side assets 
uh, we may think of and rather be a customer of um, technology companies, I think that would be a great way to go. And on the other hand, I would also say that on the so when you look at the GovTech ecosystem and also the RegTech ecosystem, it's always funding and capital. Uh, the startups and scale-ups and companies um, um, developing solutions and the government at the end, I would also say that the capital side of things, so venture capitalists, private equity, investment funds, LPs, um, they should should think more about GovTech because it's an exciting asset class, actually. And I would love to see more progressive VCs that are not just saying, oh, that's government. It's so slow. I don't think this will work. Um, I would love to see more VCs that are stepping away from that and really looking into deploying more capital into, into GovTech because I think it's a, it's a, A, it's a great investment opportunity. We see uh, GovTech and RegTech companies being um, very good assets to acquire and to invest in. And on the other hand, I think it's also uh, an investment with purpose. And I think in, in these times, this is even more important. Yeah, very interesting. But finally, the last question, um, Niels, what would you do if you were not working in your industry? Oh, that's an interesting question. What would I do if I'm not working in this industry? Um, I would probably go back to one of my big hobbies. So I'm a musician. I play uh, a lot of guitar and also was actually a DJ for quite a while. So I would probably tap into music as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, which kind of music? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like uh, heavy into rock and and um, especially indie rock. So that, that would be my way to go, definitely. Yeah. Great. Niels, it was a pleasure to having you as a guest on RegTech Impact. And I hope we see, we, we see us next time. Thank Bye, you very Niels. much. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.